G3 Assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. Coming up, even without his brothers in arms by his side, Big E keeps gaining momentum in his quest for singles glory. He joins me this week to talk all about it as ATB starts... Uh, not yet. Not yet. Wait for it. Now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and the 2020 WWE Draft is now finally complete, finally in the books. The landscapes look very different, but very exciting to me. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm bummed to see The Fiend and all the madness that follows him head to Monday Night Raw. But, of course, it makes for some fresh new matchups. I'm putting it out in the universe here first on ATB. I want Samoa Joe to get out from behind the commentary table and fight The Fiend. There's my big, bold prediction. Maybe it'll happen by the end of 2020. I have a bad habit of making it worse. AJ Styles also headed back to Monday nights, but... My man, one of my favorites, one of my closest friends, Seth Rollins, has arrived on Friday Night SmackDown to bring the greater good your way. Keep your eyes peeled. I'm sure it's going to be good, as Booker T so often says, but much better than I just did. I don't know why I felt compelled to do a Booker T intro. And of course, I would be remiss to not mention everything going down amongst the family, the tribal Samoan chief. Roman Reigns, the Samoan tribal chief, Roman Reigns. I have to get that right so I don't get my ass kicked. Uh, And his cousin, Jay. It's been absolutely awesome. I love it. Each and every week, it's been a highlight of Friday Night SmackDown, as this man hopes to continue to be. The landscape of WWE has changed drastically on Fridays, on Mondays, but perhaps none more so than this man, my guest, Big E. WWE draft is finally complete. And it's affected everyone's life across the board, but perhaps no one more so than my guest, the newly solo Big E. Good morning, E. Thanks for hanging out bright and early today. Morning, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't like the sound of that. The newly solo. It's, uh, it's discomforting. I, I can only imagine. Let's let's just jump right into it, man. It's still yep. fresh. Why, before before it starts to scab over, let's get into the real raw emotion that is Big E and, and this change for you. I, I think for us, um, obviously, we we had our promo with the three of us, uh, kind of saying our, our goodbyes. And one of the things that was important for us is like we always have. You know, when we have in-ring promos, it's usually nonsense and shenanigans, but we wanted this to feel real. We wanted to let people into how we really felt. And uh, one of the biggest things for me is not just the fact that I spent six years together with with two guys who I call my friends and my brothers, um, but we I think back to all the stuff that we've done outside of the ring as well. I think back to um, the fact that, like, I've seen Kofi's kids grow up. I remember him leaving a European tour because he was having a baby, and he got there just in time to see his, his, uh, his child born. Um, I remember Woods being out to get married. Um, we spent a lot of time together, growing together, and uh, it's, it's um, as, as far as this period of my career going, I couldn't imagine a more enjoyable period. Like, sure, I could have been world champion. Sure, I could have done, I could have won more titles, maybe won more money. But 
this has been the most enjoyable. When I, when I started wrestling, I never imagined I could have this much fun and that I would enjoy it this much. So that's why the breakup, um, and it, it, it feels more to me, it, it feels like a temporary split, like a hiatus uh, more than anything. And uh, yeah, so like, as far as the, the solo stuff in ring, like that to me, I, I know it's been a while, but like, I got to remind people that I was the second ever NXT champion. I was an intercontinental champion. Like I know how to, I started, I didn't like, I didn't 11 years ago. I didn't start in a tag team. I've been doing this for years as a singles. Right. And, uh, so that part isn't new. It's, it's the part, it's the camaraderie. It's, it's that part of the business that I'll miss. How does it feel to you, to your point about having accomplished quite a bit as a solo competitor prior to your new day run. And yet I know, Cole and I are always tasked with reminding people, but the story that's been told recently is how are you going to fare? Because it is on, it, it's honestly very different being a singles competitor versus especially living alongside two guys like you basically have for the last six years. Does that frustrate you at all that anything you did prior to New Day is kind of, I don't want to say totally forgotten, but maybe doesn't get the, the love it should? Uh, it doesn't frustrate me per se, because I know the nature of our business, man. We have a lot of our, our, our audience is kids. And if you're talking about, uh, an eight-year-old, they were what? They were like a year old or two years old when sure. I won the Intercontinental Championship, you know? So it's, I get a lot of time has passed and with the way the business works, man, like people forget about things that happened six months ago, six weeks ago. So six years is a long time. Um, but it's, it's my job in many ways to remind people like, oh, I've accomplished some things on my right. own as well. It's funny having this conversation now and seeing where you are in your career, where I was in mine. I remember arriving at FCW and, and you were the powerhouse guy, but you were still struggling as we all were to find out who you were, what you were going to develop into as a, as a WWE superstar, as a character, so to speak. Reminisce with me a little bit about this. I, I, I was, we all, anybody that's been on this show or, or lived through it remembers promo day uh, with Dusty Rhodes, which was integral in creating all of us and kind of really getting us to step out of our shells. And you were a guy who I recall always trying new things, maybe not quite as much as Woods, Woods is the only guy that brought something new every week. Right. But, but we were always, and I think, I don't think I'm, I'm out of line when I say, I think we all knew there was something there. It was just how, how does Big E turn into the Big E we, we now know and love? Reminisce with me a little bit about that process in those days. Yeah, I, I think what I realized pretty quickly was, okay, I, I'm a bigger guy. I'm going to be billed as a powerhouse. But I always thought, we already have Brock. We had Mark Henry. So I'm not even six feet tall. And I'm thinking about all these guys that, that I'm kind of going to be compared against, um, all the guys that are going to occupy a similar lane. So, so I kept thinking, man, if I'm just another serious big guy, I, I don't know how much traction I'm ever going to get in this company. Um, so for me, it was a matter of trying to figure out like, hey, I, I can't work, even like a guy like Apollo Crews, I can't do what Apollo does. I can't, sure. I can't do that stuff. And I'm not as big as a lot of the other guys that occupy my life. So I had to try to figure out what makes me different, um, what allows me to stand apart. So for a while, you know, I was doing stuff and, and it wasn't, uh, I'm sure you remember, like I was doing a lot of stuff that I, I don't think I could ever really do inside a WWE ring as far as promos were concerned. I was just doing goofy stuff. Um, I remember, I forget a lot of the stuff I did, but... Uh, the stuff that always stands out to me is when you used to preach. Yeah. Because, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, your father is a preacher, no? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up in the church um, and I, I did some preaching too when I was a kid, uh, when I was a teenager. And uh, I guess for me, it was one of those things that when you spend, man, I would be in church. I, I don't think there's a, another human I've met uh, in my adulthood that has been in church as much as I have. We used to go to church <laughs> on Sunday. I'm telling you from what, it was like 9 a.m. to uh, 1 p.m. And then we would, we would take a break. Sometimes we'd go back home, um, but then we would come back. We'd have another service in the evening for another two and a half hours. So that's six and a half hours on Sunday. We do another two, two and a half hours on Wednesday. We do another two to two and a half hours on Friday. And if we had, uh, if it was revival season, we would be in church. We'd be outside in the, under a tent every single day for uh, a couple hours uh, for about a week or so. So, so when I, you say when you say revival, you mean like actually like preaching in a tent, traveling around that that sort of revival? Well, it was it wasn't a traveling tent, but we would set up a tent in the church parking lot and we would just have speakers so that people driving by or walking by could hear the sermons, they could hear the worship. Uh, so I spent a lot of time in church. So that delivery, um, and I always find to me, preachers I think are some of the, the greatest orators there are um, the, the best ones. So just that style of delivery was something that was always ingrained in me. And I'm not a naturally talkative person. I've grown to be with our job, but um, I've always considered myself an introvert. I live alone for a reason. I like being alone. I spend a lot of time alone and I don't, I'm not a very talkative person. So it was the one style of oration that just was in my head was, was preaching, but I was so resistant to it because, you know, you don't want to uh, blaspheme. You don't want to be disrespectful. Right. Um, right. So I was like, I, and I remember having this conversation with road dog. So the night I dropped the IC title uh, to, to bad news Barrett uh, to Wade, when he was super hot, uh, people were losing their minds for him. And I was just, I was cooling way down. Uh, I remember uh, road dog told me like, Hey, you, we need you to come into pre-tapes after this match. And essentially the message was, hey, we don't have anything for you. We, we like you. We want to do something with you. But if we don't figure something out here, uh, it's kind of slim pickings for you. So uh, I remember going into pre-tapes and trying deliveries and just, just trying anything. And then finally it was like, you know, let me just try preaching a little bit and let, let me see if I can make this work. Um, and we did a little bit of that in pre-tapes and it got his attention. Uh, and then I remember after that, I think I might have been off TV for a little bit, but when, we, when I came back, I remember just randomly preaching. Uh, and I don't remember exactly what the, it was just these, I think it was during the time I was in a program with Rusev and uh, it was just, it just came out of nowhere and it was a bit odd, but it was me trying to refine my promo style. And eventually it became less preachy and more naturally the, the tone I use now. But uh, I, I remember, um, uh, Kofi Woods and I often would laugh because in some of the earlier promos, they would write in the, uh, the, let me tell you, <laughs> they would write in like, the <laughs> that's, like that's, that's just something you feel. It was just very odd to, to see a promo and then see the, the little, uh, I don't even know what you call them, but those little preacher beats written in. That's tremendous. So for me, that's what FCW was for me because you came in, obviously knowing the business you had worked for years I came in just as, as a, I was 23 years old. I had watched as a kid, but I knew nothing of, of all the goofy stuff that I tried in promo class. I never ended up doing really any of that until the New Day run on TV because it was the guys that I, as much as I wanted to be silly and, and find something that, that caught people's attention in a unique way, 
the guys that I grew up loving were all badasses. They were all, they were right. the Goldbergs. They were the Scott Steiners. They were the Vaders. And I thought, okay, this is probably the route that I need to go. So the first several years for me was just finding what worked for me. And it wasn't until the new day where I felt like, ah, I found something that feels genuinely like me that connects in a way differently than, than anyone else. And I, I feel like there are a lot of people who can do maybe the individual parts of what I do, but I don't think you could just find another biggie. And I, I pride myself in that. I don't think there's anyone to just fill my shoes. Exactly. I would agree with that. And the, the point you just made, I remember the, the FCW days and you were always very easy to talk to. I mean, you and I became friends pretty early and you were one of the guys that I think a lot of us would look and go, why can't we get the guy we know to come out on television? And that's a very common issue in, in the business. I mean, there's probably 10 guys on the SmackDown roster right now that feel the same way. It's like, man, we know this guy's amazing. This guy's entertaining. How do we get it out to where the world can enjoy it and appreciate it? So being able to watch that and, and grow with you, um, it's, it's crazy to honestly to, to see, think of the comparison of what, seven, eight years ago at this point. Versus yeah. where you are now. Well, I, man, I just remember it, it took me so long to really feel comfortable. It took me years to feel comfortable. I remember, man, my, my first several, my first maybe a year, two years of wrestling, I, I remember just going out there and I'm just very suddenly aware that I'm half naked. Like, I just remember, <laughs> especially, man, you know those FCW shows where we're at, like, Largo, um, some of those crowds where it might be a dozen, two dozen people. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm just very, I'm just very self-conscious. And I guess it's part of my personality, too. But I just remember just not being able to really feel in the moment and get kind of lost in this character. It took a while for me to get to that point. Even on the, the main roster, it wasn't really probably until uh, probably until the New Day run where I, I got to a point where I, I thought, man, you know what? I feel more comfortable in a ring than I do anywhere else in my life because I can hide behind this character. If, if someone says, oh, you're obnoxious, you, that's just my character. You know, I can get away with that. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, it's um, I'm always aware in my normal life of not. I'm not trying to offend people or, or bother people. So I, sometimes I'm in my own head, but when I'm wrestling now, I feel completely free. It's incredible. Talk to me a little bit more about your life prior to arriving in FCW and kind of what shaped you. All I knew about you when I first met you was you were the strongest man in Florida or something of that nature. And, and then I had to do the homework and get to really know E. Yeah, um, I I guess I have a, I don't know if it's mundane, but man, I just always, I grew up an athlete and I played uh, youth football when I was like seven. Um, actually, I don't know if you know uh, Mike Williams, who played at USC, he was a receiver at USC, yeah, he played yeah, in the league for a while. But anyways, I played youth football against him. Uh, Denard Spann, who's yeah, played yeah. in the majors forever. He was my uh, quarterback. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. For years. He was a great, he's like this little goofy kid, but he was a great athlete. But yeah, for like a two, three years, he was my quarterback for the uh, Citrus Park Bills when I was like eight, nine years old. Uh, but yeah, so I just grew up as an athlete in Tampa where football was king in Florida. So I, that was always my first dream is playing football. Uh, I was an amateur wrestler, won a state championship my junior year. And uh, then I got to Iowa. And finally, that was my dream of playing college football. But I had a slew of injuries. Uh, tore both my, in two and a half years, I tore both my ACLs. I broke my right patella, uh, tore my left pec. And then I thought, you know, maybe this football thing isn't, isn't for me. <laughs> and maybe I need to find something else to do. But then my dumbass, uh, 
decided yeah. to start wrestling. I was going to say, you didn't pick much, right. much better. <laughs> so for me, I grew up a very quiet kid. And even in college, like I had, when I got offered the opportunity with WWE, I had people uh, who knew me who were like, uh, who were supportive, but, you know, like they were like, you know, you got to have a personality there. And they, they just wondered if it was something that I could do because I just, I had my group of friends that I'd open up with, but for the most part, I was just a, a pretty quiet kid. And uh, I always, though, felt like there was something inside of me that I enjoyed entertaining people. The people that I was close with, when I, was, when I got comfortable with people, that's when I started to open up and, and have more fun. And it's something that I, I thought I could do, but it would, it would be a bit of a task for me to loosen up uh, and to learn. And uh, the fact that I, uh, I always love when we do media um, Kofi and Woods, they'll tell these stories of always wanting to be wrestlers, how they scratched and clawed. And for years and years, the doors were slammed in their faces and they were told they're too small and they'll never make it. And they finally fought through and they did it and they, they lived out these childhood dreams. And, and I follow with this horrible story of just some former meathead uh, who <laughs> throws in is like, uh, and someone just throws this job at him. Hey, you want to try it? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it's such a horrible story because people love the, the Kofi and Wood stories of right. <laughs> always wanting to do something. And that's that's so many of the stories of people that we work with in our business. Sure. And that sure. those are the stories that I love. Those are the stories that I gravitate to because it's it's inspiring to hear that someone has always wanted to do something and they overcame the odds as opposed to just some some jackass who used to work out a lot and had some muscles and was just thrown this opportunity. But uh, one of the things, I'm, I'm just so grateful. Like, I, I grew to really love uh, what we do. I feel like I'm where I'm meant to be. I, when, I'm, when I'm at work, I feel like this feels like, not, not the, uh, the art truth, uh, this is my home. I don't know if you heard that story. <laughs> but but <laughs> I forgot, I'm, I'm messing up the details, but someone like either Johnny Ace or someone asked Truth about like, hey, why are you here? Why, are, why aren't you home? And Truth says some corny line, but this is my home. We used to just joke about it all the time. <laughs> but anyways, not, not in that sense, but in the sense that I feel like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be in life uh, right now. So it's, it's definitely helped me grow a lot as a human. Um, and just being able to express myself and being really free to just be myself and to entertain people. I started wrestling because of the athletic side. Uh, and I always felt like I had more to give as an athlete, but what I've really grown to love is entertaining people. I know we don't have a crowd right now, but my favorite thing is on these live events is looking out and, and seeing people laugh or smile because of some nonsense that I did that means so much to me because I know how much entertainment has been an escape for me in my life. And being able to provide people that uh, means the world. And it's provided me with a sense of purpose. And, and for that, I'm truly grateful because as much as thanking the, the fans can, can sound cliche, it, it really means a lot to me because the fans, the people have given me uh, a purpose and a fulfillment that, that uh, I can... I can never, uh, man, that I'm, I'm so grateful for. Well, you guys have been very open and honest about what the three of you have meant to one another. For you, Big E, has there been anybody outside of Woods and Kofi that has had any sort of profound impact on you when you think about things in the grand scheme? Uh, man, there's, there's been a lot of people along the way. I, I feel like just kind of a lot of people who, who've been there who've helped me, like, man, Kurt Hawkins, uh, when I was super green, I've ne my only finisher I've ever used is the big ending. And Kurt Hawkins, besides, I, I think he used to stretch my foot. But my, the, the one 
finish I've always had is the beginning. And I remember Kurt Hawkins gave that to me. This had to be in 2009 when he was, uh, he was down. I think he'd been on the road and he, he was back. But for some reason, he was just, we were just kind of in the ring. And he just said, hey, uh, I think there was uh, some, some dude. I'm not, I'm not sure the work. I should know this. But uh, it was called the body bag. And uh, he showed it to me. I forgot how we came up with the beginning, but uh, but yeah, a guy like Kurt Hawkins giving me that. I remember uh, Darren Young getting in the ring with me a little bit, showing me uh, how to gorilla press. Uh, there were just guys who would show me things. Man, Michael Tarver meant so much to me in my career because I remember there was a point where I was real green and he was a guy who was ready to go up. He was seasoned and they just had us rest. I was probably only a year or so into the business and still not like I was never one of these. I was not like a Chad Gable or an angle where he just a guy who just picked it up immediately. It sure. took me a while to pick things up. And I remember Tarver and I, we were just kind of married. I think we had like six consecutive matches at, at these little spot shows. And I remember he would just sit down with me and talk to me about psychology and not, not just in a broad sense, but the way he perceived me, he, he would talk to me. I was like, man, I see you kind of like as a, as a black Superman. And at the time, no one else was, was giving me that, that sense of confidence. No one else was, was talking to me in that way. And he helped me just think of the way I want to portray my character, the way I, I need to go out in the ring, the stuff between the moves that means so much. And that was the first time where I really got to think of my, my character in this kind of holistic sense. Uh, so I, I, I always give Tarver uh, so much thanks. I see him from time to time in the gym uh, in Tampa. And I always tell him, man, how much he, he meant to my career, uh, man, about a decade ago. Uh, Dr. Tom, as you know, uh, obviously meant a lot to my career. Just a guy who needed the basics and just the way we drilled the fundamentals over and over again. I know a lot of guys who had worked for years who hated Man in the Middle. Oh, my God. It was it was the worst thing to do. <laughs> I get it, but a guy like me needed it. And maybe, you know, a guy like you probably should have moved on to something else. I think I needed it too, though, particularly for conditioning purposes. Because I, yeah. I came in there thinking like, oh, I'm in shape. I can go. I can go 15 minutes. And then you do that. And it's like, oh, welcome to the big leagues, kid. That, I think that was my first reality check was dying in the middle of man in the middle. Exactly. And if I went back now, there's no way I couldn't make it through no, man in the middle. No, no, no. There's no way. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. But yeah. And even like, man, Joey Mercury too, man. I got to give him a lot of props because Mercury was the one guy I feel like I had a very like basic move set and Mercury was the one guy who just kind of helped fine tune things uh he was the one who at the time Samoa Joe wasn't with the company so he's like ah we'll, we'll just steal uh Joe's uh corner the, the Nagi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so uh so is that a couple other things that he helped kind of fine tune me and even man I'm just now remembering uh Fit Finley was the one who's like hey you do that that running shoulder in the corner why don't you try it with a guy on the apron to the floor so Fit Finley was the one who came up with the idea for the uh uh, the apron spear, but uh, no, I'm, I'm really thankful. There's, there's been a lot of people along the way who, who uh, for some reason or another, uh, just kind of like put their hand on me and giving me some advice or giving me something. And a lot of times um, you can give someone a word of advice uh, that really sticks with them. And, and a lot of times like I, I've had people like come to me and say, Hey, something you did or said uh, meant a lot at the time. And I have no recollection of it at all. So it, it's kind of a reminder too, that just, trying to move in a positive direction, being a positive light in people's lives uh, can be profound, even when we don't see it immediately. How do you 
maintain that positive outlook on things because it's no secret. This, this business is unlike anything else in the world. It's a grind. It oftentimes doesn't make sense, <laughs> uh, but, but it's a lifestyle and you adapt and you learn to live with it. But you're one of the only guys, well, actually I'll say, I'll say all three of you that never, you, you never see them with a boo-boo face backstage or you weren't, and not, it's not to say you didn't feel it, but what do you credit it to your ability to just kind of power through some of the, the negative things you've had to deal with? Uh, man, I think we've been wonderfully blessed, man. Like we've, uh, I always hearken back to it as I, I never want to have this moment where I think I made it and I can just rest on my laurels because I always think back to 2014. I always think back to how hard it was to get this group off the ground. It was, it was six months of every week thinking at some point, well, this is over. All that work is for naught. So I always remember that. Um, I, I also think, man, like, I don't know when this window is going to close. I've been fortunate. I'm, I started at 23. I'm 34 now. The fact that I've been doing this under contract with WWE for over 11 years, a job I took on a whim, and I've gotten to travel. I've had the opportunity to travel the world. I've been to Tokyo four times. I've, I've been to places I never thought I'd be able to go all on WWE's dime, getting to entertain people. That's incredible, man. So I, I always try to, you know, for lack of a better term, count my blessings and uh, realize, uh, man, this could be over tomorrow for me. So I always want to, this, this, I feel like this should be the time of our lives. And not saying that things can't get better, but if, if we're not enjoying this run and if we're too mired in complaining or in the negatives and we never get to see the silver lining. I feel like it's such a wasted opportunity. I don't want to be 50 years old and look back and say, man, I really should have treasured that. And I just griped and moaned and complained and, you know, thought about the times I only slept two hours and had to do 6 a.m. media. Uh, I'm really grateful for this opportunity. It's changed my life profoundly and tremendously. And uh, so that's what I try to always remember is uh, it's been an incredible run and it's had, had its ups and downs, uh, but the ups so far outweigh the downs. And uh, man, the, the fact that we got to do something, the new day, I'm, I'm not going to say we're the greatest faction ever. I don't know where you want to put us in those terms, but we got to do something unique. I've never seen uh, a faction Go on a break, a split, whatever you want to call it. The way the way we got to do it our way, um, to have an emotional goodbye, to not have to stab each other in the back or hit each other with a chair, getting to do something that feels unique, getting to portray brotherhood and, and love between three friends is, is really important to me. We got to do something so different from anything else that I remember watching as a kid. And I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for, for all of that, man. Cause I, I don't know when, I don't know when this is over for me. It could be another four years, could be shorter, long, I have no idea. So I, I just always want to be grateful for that. And honestly, man, I, as uh, I don't know if you remember, of course you remember how the locker room was when, when you first started compared to how it is now. But I feel like we have one, we have an incredible group of men and women. Like I, I look out and I have so many people that I genuinely enjoy seeing. Right. So I'm grateful for that. that. That's pretty cool to have so many people because you, I heard when I first started in the business, I heard so many horror stories about, you know, having to pay your dues, people kicking you out of the locker room, just people being. And I feel like a lot of that culture has, has changed. And, uh, and I'm grateful for the fact that 
I get to work with my close friends in the new day. I get to work with a, a bunch of people that I genuinely enjoy. And we get to, we get to be kids for a living. I never had to grow up. It's, it's ridiculous. I never had to grow up, man. Yeah, that's it, man. That's, that's a tough mindset to keep, but I admire the hell out of it. I, I'm excited that, that you can you know, still maintain that outlook on things. Speaking of outlooks, uh, we now shift gears in the career of Big E. Now it's on you. The spotlight is on you on Friday Night SmackDown. You have the opportunity to, to grow, to branch out. I know it's very early, but I'm sure you have goals, you have plans. What are you looking at in the future, in the near future? Well, I see there's actually a quote that I don't even remember saying, but I guess I did years ago that sometimes people will, will send to me, but it's I usually only get in trouble for stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Knowing you that that's accurate, <laughs> but it's something like if your goal isn't to be a world champion, then you don't deserve to be here. And, and I, I, I feel that way. You know, if, uh, if a world championship isn't something that is not in my immediate front trajectory, of me, yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's, that's the word. Uh, then I feel like I'm doing a disservice, not only to myself, but to the fans, uh, to Kofi and Woods. If this, if this split wasn't for something big or important, um, then why, why are we doing it? Then it was all, all for not. So uh, that, that's definitely important to me. And uh, you know, who, who knows uh, I think there is something to feeling like the opportunity is earned as well. I know a lot of times uh, you'll, you'll see certain guys who get called up or who get moved into uh, a main event picture right away. And whether they get the opportunity and they actually win the title or they don't, sometimes I feel like you lose out on something special there because you didn't get to really ride with your guy who yes. got to overcome. And, uh, I, I've said this to Brian uh, many times, but I think one of the best things that happened to Brian was uh, getting bro kicked at WrestleMania in, in a few 18 seconds. 18 seconds, yep. Right. And, and not saying that he wasn't ready or had the ability or had the people. He had all of that. But the fact that people had, they felt like they were on this journey with this guy who had deserved it for so long. And to see him screwed over one more time, that feeling of, man, quit messing with our guy. This is our guy. And, and the fact that people, so that's, I think that's one of the reasons that the roof just exploded when he, we finally uh, won his first world title. And, and uh, I'm not saying I'm going to have a, a Daniel Bryan type run, but uh, my point is I just want to feel like the opportunity is earned. So I'm ready to jump through the hurdles. I'm ready to kind of work my, my way up, even though I feel like I've already done that six years in of the new day. And, and prior to that. So, uh, you know, I don't mind not, having the opportunity in, in a week or two to have a world championship uh, match. I don't mind kind of going through uh, the obstacles I need to, but uh, that, that's the ultimate goal is to be a world champion. And that, that always looks good on the resume, of course. Well, first off, I can't wait to tell Kofi that when you talk about inspirational career title Ooh, runs, look. you went Daniel Bryan instead of Kofi. But I, that was that was too obvious. That's why I don't, don't, don't bury me, man. Don't bury me. Don't make me look bad. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I guess that's something you know, we almost take for granted as fans to, to be able to take the journey and really feel like you get to know somebody and see behind as opposed to, oh, this guy's cool. That's my guy. Usually that they get hot for a cup of coffee, but then, you know, you don't have that real emotional investment to the point where after Kofi lost the title, people were pissed for two weeks anyway. Exactly. <laughs> um, is there anything looking back that you would have done more of wish you had done or would not have done as part of the new day? 
Man, I uh, I don't know. I, I think and I don't necessarily mean regrets. I, I'm not. I'm, is there something you were like, man, we're gonna do this cool thing, and it didn't happen, or is there something you really fought for? And you were outvoted by Woods and Kofi, or is there anything you know? You know, I, I guess the thing that I think of most is the fact that man, when we started the new day, when we started, the goal was always to be a faction. Yeah, I don't want to say we were forced into being a tag team, this weird three man tag team, and I'm so grateful for it because I, I had an incredible time, but we always saw ourselves as this kind of revolving door faction where Kofi can have his singles run uh, and Woods and I can do tag stuff and then and then we can just kind of have these interchanging parts uh, or we could all have singles and we never really got that until last year when, when Kofi had his world title run. And that's kind of what I, I wish we had done a little bit more of. I, I think that would have been, uh, that would have allowed us to, to kind of show more sides. And that's just kind of the one thing that comes to mind is I just wish we got to operate more as a faction. Um, and I'm so glad it worked out this way, but it's interesting when we, we thinking back to 2014, we always thought we would be a group that was always trying to add more members. I, it's funny looking back, but I remember thinking like, oh, Alicia Fox was someone we wanted to add because uh, at the time she was doing the, the stuff with the tantrums. Uh, okay. And we had this idea of this is when we were the more militant New Day. Uh, that idea that very quickly was taken off TV. <laughs> Just no, 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 no. Let me get that off my TV screen. And y'all sit in the back while we cook up something more uh I guess, family friendly. But uh, that was kind of the idea. I remember uh, we never talked to them about it either, but uh, her and, and Sandow, we thought would be a great addition. Of uh, we, That was kind of the idea is just a group that would recruit. And I think that would have been a lot of fun. I wish we got that incarnation of the new day as, as grateful as I am that it went the way it did. I, I'm also kind of intrigued to see what it would have been like for us to have gone that militant route to see uh, what we could have done. Because I, I, we, we shot so much stuff in pre-tapes, uh, all the ideas that we put together. I thought we had something really special and I was excited about that. Obviously, I think it worked out the best going the, the way we did because um, I don't think we would have been able to stay together for, for six years as this militant group. Um, but those are just things where I think back and I, I know we had the ability to pull it off where I think that would have been fun. I think we could have done something unique there too. I think to your point about the keeping the, the militant faction intact, I, I think it's something like that. Historically speaking, you usually end up with maybe one breakout star of a group like that. But after all these, after six years, you ended up with three. I mean, Kofi was here obviously long before, but you ended up with three guys better off than when you began because of, of your, you know, cohesion as a unit, uh, which is very, very difficult to do. I mean, as factions go in this business, very rarely does everyone involved become a star. So maybe it was a, a bit of a blessing in disguise. Uh, this interview, as we continue to go, I am struggling to interview you because despite the fact we're friends, you have your own podcast with your New Day brethren, New Day Feel the Power which is hilarious and entertaining. And sometimes I'm jealous because you guys get to have a lot of fun. What's that journey been like? And how cool is it to explore this whole new avenue, not only for yourself, but as the three of you? Uh, it's tremendous, man. I, I never thought I'd be a podcaster. I don't, uh, Woods always, Woods has had this mentality of, he, he wants to host. He likes Woods, doing this stuff. By the way, there's nothing in life that Woods doesn't do. <laughs> yeah. He's the busiest human being I think I know. It's crazy. 
Yeah, he, ha- he has all the irons and all the fires. Yes. He's le- <laughs> legit doing everything, uh, which is interesting because I'm not wired that way. I, uh, I've, I've heard like Brian talk about this too. And sometimes he's talked about the fact that he thinks he's just not that ambitious. And I think I got to a point too where I just had this burning desire to prove to myself that I was, I was worthy and that I could make it. And then it's not like, I don't know how to put it. It's not that I've met all my goals, but I just kind of, I just like having fun doing my thing. I don't have this need to, to work all the time. I really don't. I like doing my thing. I like, uh, I like the things that we do. I like doing my uh, Laser Wolf. Check it out. It's an animated show on Adult Swim. It's also on HBO Max. Wait, wait, you're, is that, you do that? You didn't know that? I didn't. I know what Laser Wolf is. I haven't watched the guy see the ads on Adult Swim all the time. I didn't realize. I knew you really you had, had no idea. I swear to God, I had no idea until just now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laser Wolf, man. It's a, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, it's a little. Well, there like, we go. Minutes. I, yeah. I would have plugged it for you had I known. I didn't realize you were involved in that. Well, now a, you know. I'm yeah, a big it, cartoon nerd. Okay, uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty. It's awesome, man. It's uh, Vince Staples, who's one of my favorite rappers, uh, is is a voice in the show. Uh, Reginald Vell Johnson. Yeah, from from Family Matters. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the voice of God in the show. Uh, but yeah, check get it out. On this, man. You I got absolutely to absolutely will. Yeah, the first season's on HBO Max, and then uh, season two is going to be on Adult Swim. I think in November we premiere, so it's coming right. soon. I'll keep my eyes peeled for that. I w- I just yesterday spent most of the afternoon watching Primal with my son. Have you seen that? I haven't. I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things. I I was a big nerd for uh, Samurai Jack, and it's the same guy that made it. Just because of the art, and it's so beautiful, and it's like unlike anything else. And this is basically the premise is a a caveman who's this badass warrior and his dinosaur BFF. Just And and there's no no words. There's Uh, sounds, but it's... It's set prehistorically, obviously, so they're not having conversations. So aside from a a random dinosaur noise uh, or somebody growling or something like that, there's no dialogue. Uh, but it's worth it's on it's on Cartoon Network. It's worth checking out. It's pretty wild. They're like 20 minute episodes. The the art is unbelievable. Definitely graphic. Yeah. It's definitely an adult cartoon, but check it out. I got to. And I will check out Laser Wolf. There we go. See, we're learning. We're growing as people. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, back to podcast. So uh, that's that's very much Woods' wheelhouse. Uh, but the nice thing is uh, it's me and Kof don't have to really... I, I feel like you have a real job with this podcast. You have to prepare. You have to be... <laughs> not me. Me and Kof, like, we we just... We, 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 we'll talk kind of about some of the ideas we might want to, to discuss with some of the, the guests. But for the most part, we let Woods steer the ship. And it's just it's just an opportunity for me and, and Kofi to be idiots and jump in. And, and Woods is an idiot as well. But no, it's been enjoyable. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, just kind of our premise is we want it to be a, a look into a conversation with three friends. And that's just kind of, that's always, uh, our mantra was if people feel a very real chemistry with us on screen and in the podcast, I feel like people are attracted, they're, they're attracted to energy. So even if I don't really know that much about wrestling or I'm not that into anime or some of the things we discuss, if, if you just hear that very natural chemistry brewing uh, and, and it feels like a fun, authentic conversation, that's what we hope it, with a podcast is that people jump into it that way. So it's, it's been really enjoyable. It's been a fun process so far. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how far it goes. It's not going away, correct? To my knowledge. I could have asked my producers this. I was just making sure. <laughs> make I was surprised that so many people thought that because we've been doing it remotely anyways. Yeah. But yeah, no, the podcast is, is still very much here to stay. And uh, we're, we're around for, for a bit longer. You can't we're get rid good. of us yet. 
the New Day Feel the Power podcast. Find it wherever you're listening to this. If you're listening to this, you probably listen to that, but you know, maybe we'll get a little crossover action happening. What's something about Big E that nobody knows? I feel like I'm an open book for the most part. Uh man, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm very dull. Maybe, maybe that's, the, I feel like people, people expect that. Like I go home and I have this myriad of um, hobbies and things I like to do. I go to work. And when I come home, I, I do nothing. I really, I, the stuff I like is so boring. I don't want to get into, but I, I've really grown to enjoy MMA. Uh, I love MMA is not boring. <laughs> Well, it, no, MMA isn't boring, but oh. what I do with MMA is very boring. I just sit and no, watch. No, no, no. Like, it's that's, out. That's, that's all right. It's okay to be a fan of some things. That's, yeah, that's what I our suppose. business is based off of, people enjoying watching things from our couch. It's okay. Right, that's true. That's true. But no, not in the sense, I know people have asked, like, hey, do you ever think about fighting? No, man. I take my hat off to those people. Uh, and I know what we do is physical, too. But I, no, I, the last any any form of martial art I had, the last time I did it was on my on my 17th birthday. That was the last time I ever step, stepped on a wrestling uh, mat. That was the last thing I've ever done. Since then, 17 years later, I've done no boxing, no striking, no jujitsu. So no, I don't want to actually participate, but I really enjoy uh, the sport. Uh, I, I watch every UFC event. Uh, I listen to like three MMA podcasts uh, on a regular basis. So it's something that I really enjoy. Um, I also... I. College football is my baby. Uh, I'll spend a lot of time with uh, me and uh, Phillips, old Thomas. Um, we'll, we'll text back and forth about college football and kind of our, our dream. We've, we've talked about this. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but it's just to like rent an RV when we're retired and just go from college town to college town on the weekends and watch college football games. So I'm hey, uh, hey, there's a damn reality show if there ever was one ESPN on the road with Phillips and Big E in an RV. There's, there's something there, you know, us us walking into like a, a college bar, just the two old guys that don't belong uh, a few <laughs> days before. Yeah, that, that's kind of just just an odd couple show about our love for college football is is kind of the dream for retirement for me. So that's it, man. I'm, I'm very dull otherwise. Tremendous, tremendous. Well, looking forward, I know I asked you earlier about immediate goals. Is there somebody in particular who stands out to you that you're excited to step in the ring with that maybe you haven't? We've got uh, Alistair Black, Kevin Owens. I'm sure you've you've locked up with some of these guys. I'm just trying to think of the new additions off the top of my head. Right. Uh, Rey Mysterio, Dominic, Ooh. Rollins. Yeah, man. Actually, I think Rollins, Rollins and I, we've we've had singles matches before. We've done, obviously, we've done some stuff with the Shield pre-New pre Day, actually. And I, I'd love to do stuff with, with Rollins. I, I still think he's one of the best in the world. Uh, he's an incredible resume. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's hard, I think, because I, I often look around for, for new blood and I, I wish there was a bit more. Uh, it's interesting in a company as large as ours, sometimes I, I feel like, I, I don't know why our rosters still seem small at times. I feel like I look around yeah. sometimes and uh, we also have like a list of, of uh, how many singles guys there are on SmackDown. And I look at the list sometimes like, that, that's it? We, we, have, we have like 250 people or whatever it is under contract in this company. And, and but we it. have like 33 shows now. I think that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm sure there's someone really dope uh, that I'm, I'm missing. Um, what about but, NXT as a former NXT champion? You ever keep eyes on anybody down there right now? Yeah. Uh, I, I was always one. I, I know we did something with undisputed era very quickly at survivor series. And to me, 
it's it's obviously a, a, my timing is horrible for this, but I I always love faction stuff, so I, I want to do stuff with another faction in Undisputed Era, uh, and those are those are guys who've been around for a long time together as a collective too. Um, so I, I would love to just do stuff with them, even though we're no longer a faction. So my timing really sucks there, but that's kind of what I've always I've wanted to do for a while with those guys. Well, I appreciate the goal, but can we not recreate? the faction era of WWE uh, those days with skull and eight ball and DOA versus the Bariquas versus <laughs> nation of domination. And what's wrong with that? It was terrible. It was as a fan, that is my least favorite period watching and nothing against any of the guys because individually I had a blast, but I remember sitting as a kid going, I don't like any of these groups. Uh, who am I supposed to root for? And they're all fighting all the time. Every show. It was like, all right, so so I think maybe we dodged a bullet there. You don't realize it, but we did. Yes, I see your point. I see your point. Before I let you go, I need the validation that I so often seek that on this very program after the bell, I made a very bold prediction last year that Big E would headline WrestleMania with The Fiend. I'm thinking maybe I'm a year premature, but it is now on you because now New Day's not in the picture. This is me going rogue, trying to stir some stuff up, get the uh-huh. internet excited. Uh, but I truly, honestly believe that. And you and I have had, con- had that conversation, I believe so. But I'm, I'm excited for what's happening next. Now it's on you to make me look like not an idiot. <laughs> this is going to be the payback from weeks of having your ring jacket, which weighs 26 pounds. <laughs> it is thrown at me. That's what nobody gets every, every time we did it, which it, it happened. Correct me if I'm mistaken, but at one point you got in trouble for throwing things at me. I did. I did. I, I don't know if you were doing this in the early days. Yes. I think it was pancakes or something. Yes. Um, and I think you were... Maybe you had like an on cam or something, and I, I think I completely disrupted it. So I, I think uh, uh, I, I don't know if we could say his name. We on our podcast we call him He Who Shall Not Be Named. Uh, Duly noted. He, yes, he asked uh, he asked us to stop throwing things at you. So it's one of those things where I usually, if I'm told not to do something, I'll stop and then I'll wait a month because he usually forgets, yep. and I'll start doing them again. And if he doesn't say anything, then I'll just keep doing it. So that's that's kind of always been the blueprint for me. And it's funny because it started happening and, and the camera would still never shoot it. You would just apparently throw your jacket wherever at ringside. I would make whatever vocal reaction I had, but it eventually got to the point where the camera started shooting it. And I, I would notice, you know, uh, sweaty or Grogan coming, creeping up on the desk, shooting me. And I'm going, why are they looking? Oh God, <laughs> there it is. And you've legit knocked me out of the chair multiple <laughs> times because I don't, again, people don't realize that jacket is heavy as it hell. It's very heavy. But it's it's fun. Um, I will not miss have being assaulted with your jacket. I'm assuming you're not going to do that anymore. Why wouldn't I? I don't know. It's just wishful thinking, I guess. Yeah, you think I'm just going to be serious all of a sudden? Just just come out and new days not here. So I'm serious now. So how much how much of an internal discussion have you had? I know externally you had the, the incident with Miz on Talking Smack about what it's going to take for Big E to be serious. How much are you thinking about that, or are you just kind of playing it by ear? It's something that I think about, but I think it's one of those things that I, I play by ear because I've already gone the serious route. This is not, this isn't new, but to me, it's just something that the occasion has to call for. Like the, you know, I, I get dropped by Seamus and I get put through a windshield. Okay. I, I think I could be pretty angry here. And I'll I was say. pretty angry. So I, I think it's, it's an opportunity where it called for it. But I, to me, my, not, not biggest fear, but to me, I've done a massive disservice to myself and to our fans, if I just regress to just being a serious character, if I lose the piece of me that allows me to be uh, different 
and, and unique, then I, I've done a massive disservice to, to everyone. So that, that's important to me because I feel like that's what, what's made me special. I, I feel like I'm, I'm good in the ring. I feel like I can go in the ring, but if I'm just a big guy who does moves, I, I, to me, as a fan, there's little to no appeal. I want to connect with people. I want to feel your personality. I want to have an understanding of who you are as, as a person. And I think for me, what I really enjoy as a fan is I enjoy when wrestling is colorful. I enjoy a myriad of characters. I never want to regress into being, to me, being serious is being characterless. It's being devoid of character. That's what, you're just asking me to strip away the character. If you're asking me to add a layer and that makes sense and, and, and it feels right, then I can understand that. But to me, to strip away what makes me different from a whole host of, of, of men uh, who could probably do more athletic things than I can, uh, who are bigger, just doesn't make a lot of sense. So that, that's something that's always in the front of my mind is being unique. Yeah, I, I think that's so valuable to anybody listening, particularly if you're an aspiring WWE superstar, which I'm sure there are some listening to this right now, the importance of character and standing out. You, anybody basically can learn to do the moves. Right. Not, not to say anybody, but I mean, it's, that's not the difficult part. It's the in-between and to your point, to connect. Exactly. You hit it right on the head. Yeah, and I think that's, I feel like that's a big part of the reason why people have wanted to see me do more and step out is because they were so entertained by the nonsense. And I'm, I'm going to say like a lot of the stuff that we did with the new day, like me having my legs splayed while Kofi has one leg and Woods has the other and me shaking my crotch at people, you know, maybe, maybe there are times in a singles run where that kind of demeanor doesn't work as well, but uh, I still want to be me. I still want people to be entertained by, by what I do. Well, I have no doubt they will continue to be entertained. I have the highest of hopes for you as a friend and as a character on television. I genuinely enjoy the hell out of everything New Day does, despite what I say on TV. I'm going to make sure the editor clips that out because I can never <laughs> publicly acknowledge how much fun I've had. It did bum me out seeing you guys have to go your separate ways, but I'm sure all, uh, all paths will lead to a convergence once again one of these days. Uh, give me some final thoughts, some parting words from the newly solo Big E. Mm. Man, I want to thank, sincerely, I want to thank all the fans who really pushed for this for so long. Um, it, it's still humbling to me and still kind of wild to have seen, even the last several years, to see the amount of feedback uh, for people who really clamored for me to have a solo run, um, to have a world title shot. Uh, I really appreciate that. I still think back to being just uh, a 23-year-old young man trying to figure this all out. Uh, in many ways, uh, I really know and feel that I'm ready for this, but in many ways too, it's humbling because, uh, you know, I, just, I don't know, man. I, I just, I really, uh, I, I'm very grateful. Uh, as much as I believe in myself, I'm still humbled uh, by the amount of people who believe in me. So I appreciate that. Well, keep doing what you're doing. E. I can't wait to see what the future holds. And you're always welcome back here. Only you though. You can't bring Woods and Kofi. I can't have all three of you again. It's too much. You know we're going to bully you. That's, that's we're I just know. Just on my own you. show. Yeah. On my own show, E. Uh -huh. God. It's very necessary. See, it's I know the real New Day. Not, not what you see on TV. I got to deal with the wrath of the real New Day. You do. You do. And you'll take it. And you'll like it. <laughs> Maybe I'll take five big endings again. I forgot about that. It's been a while. 
I want to say thanks one more time to Big E for joining ATB. It's always great to catch up. Genuinely one of my favorite human beings in this wacky business, and I don't throw that accolade out lightly. Got nothing but love for Big E. Hopefully big things in the very near future. Before I leave you, I will throw some zen your way. This felt apropos. This is from M. Scott Peck, who said, be willing to go alone sometimes. Not everyone who started with you will finish with you, and that's okay. Make sure you follow at After the Bell on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Join the conversation using the hashtag After the Bell. Use Twitter for good things, like talking about wrestling. It can be fun, not crapping on it. Wrestling Twitter sucks. Make ATB Twitter better. If you use an Apple podcast, leave me five stars, please. If you're using an Android, ATBs on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, so you never miss an episode. And you can follow me at WWE Graves. I'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. Bell.